this is John Ubaldi for the second version of Ubaldi Report since we had problems before. Oh, no. You're talking about the first one was awesome. We just lost everything. Yeah, we and- lost everything. But now we want to do it better. So we're trying to figure this out. We apologize again, but we'll get it right the first time. We'll get it right at some point. But what we're talking about is what's going on in Washington. There's a lot of issues going on. One of them is the president trying to push his Build Back Better plan, which at this point seems to be on life support, but we'll have to see how things go on. Like his whole administration right now. Yeah. And then the second area is crime is rampant across American major metropolitan cities. And then I just want to talk about Christmas. How many of you are facing challenges getting Christmas present, getting groceries because, or you had to realter your spending needs because of what's going on with inflation. And considering last Friday, the Bureau of Labor Statistics stated that inflation went up 6.8% from over a year ago. So that has a great impact. And then yesterday, the- How's this Build Back Better thing going to work out for us? That all depends who you talk to. If you talk to the Democrats, they say it's going to be great. It's going to fix the inflation. It's going to fix the supply chain disruption. And it's going to benefit American families. Mm -hmm. If you talk to the Republicans and independents, it will have an opposite effect. It's going to keep inflation or make inflation go higher. It will do nothing to bring down inflation. It will do nothing to reduce prices, energy prices. Or and uh, most importantly, will not end supply chain disruption. Okay, and then like, so what else is in this Build Back Better? Well, how can it benefit us, or maybe even just the American alone? Or is it just kind of is is it a money grab? It's mainly a wash, as Bill McGurn of the Wall Street Journal columnist said. It's this bill is mainly a Washington bill, mm-hmm. and what he meant by that, this bill helps different constituencies of the Democratic Party more so than mainstream America. Because right now, if you look at every poll, the Fox News business poll, I know some people will discount that it's Fox News. But if you go to Quinniac, if you go to Real Clear Politics, if you go to other outlying polls that are more moderate, pretty much say the same thing. The biggest issue facing America is inflation, the economy, and crime. Yeah, It's... It's not these other things. Now, some of these programs they have in there are popular, but I don't think people understand the true cost of it. Like one of them, like we talked earlier, is the earned, I think it's called it, the earned child tax credit. You know, and I you did mention that. I did want to talk about that for a second. Okay. So taxes are coming up at the end, as, as the end of the year. And we were told by a, or, okay, so on TikTok there is a, I guess a lady that does taxes, and she says you're going to receive two letters from the IRS. One of them is if you got the stimulus, the $1,400, but the other one was for the child tax credit that you need to bring with you when you're filing your taxes. And what's going to happen is that you're you're going to get the difference of what you normally get in your taxes at the end of, you know, when you file them. So how is the child tax credit really affecting me? Like why 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 is it a, why is it a big deal whether I get it over the period of 6 months or if, whether I get it you know one well, month out of the, the year? I think the big deal is is how costs I mean how okay everybody will get it if you have children and it's not based off means. I can see helping those who have families who are low income, they give them a little extra money, I can understand that. 
But when you base it not on means, everybody just has a kid, a, ch- a child, you get it. So when Lindsey Graham, the Republican senator from South Carolina, wrote a letter to the Congressional Budget Office saying, can you reevaluate the Build Back Better plan if these programs beyond just the the child income tax credit and others, if they were made permanent? Because the Democrats in their bill that was sent to the um, Congressional Budget Office in November, Mm -hmm. you know, the President Biden said this one cost one red cent because it's going to be paid for. Three trillion dollars we're figuring out to, right? But it would cost raised the debt by $380 billion. So when Lindsey Graham wrote that letter, what happens if instead of just phasing them out after one to three years, it lasts as a permanent to the um, federal budget? And they calculated that instead of $2 trillion in spending, it would actually be $5 trillion, and it would add $3 trillion to the national debt. Now, the reason that's important... Okay is if the national debt goes up, that means the we pay more interest to finance that national debt. Now, we pay about, I think, three, anywhere between three and $500 billion to finance the national debt. Now, if... Has America could, ever gotten a credit score? It's like, have they ever tried, to give, a, <laughs> the they ever tried th- to give America a credit score? The for- only time America had a balanced budget was, I think, the last year or so of Clinton... The the 1969 under Richard Nixon, and that about it. It really in the modern era we really haven't had much. Well, I mean, and you said like a balanced budget. Balanced budget doesn't mean we were maybe were we ever cash positive. Well, there's two things. There's the there's the budget deficit, and then there's the national debt. National debt is the cumulative debt that America owes. The budget deficit is just like a budget that's like a family budget would have. It was balanced under Clinton, but the national debt was three. You know, I got a better question. How? Why do I owe this debt? I, I don't. I didn't spend any of this money. Well, that's. But see, that's part of. <laughs> you would figure being a citizens of the United States. Well, you figure okay. If you would figure there's three. If we'd be three trillion in debt, if you want to divide it up by, say, three hundred fifty million people in the United States, I don't see that money. <laughs> no, you don't. But here's the other part: is that. If the debt goes up and we're spending, like I said, anywhere between three to five hundred billion dollars to finance the interest on the national debt, interest rates are real low. Yeah. Now remember we talked about inflation. Now the way to curb inflation is you gotta tighten up the money supply. Mm-hmm. But so that means you gotta raise interest rates to do that. So when interest rates go up, that means interest on the debt goes up. So instead of spending, let's say, $300 billion on financing the national debt, now we're paying $500 billion or $600 billion. And you could, at some point, you could even spend more on the national debt. But, you know, John, I, look, I, I, I got a, a mortgage with a low interest rate, probably like the lowest in a few years now. Like I have a vehicle and both vehicles, one my wife pays, the one I pay, and she has a very low interest rate. So what do I care if interest rates go up? I mean, I'm good. I mean, but I, when I, interest rates go up, that means interest rates on credit cards. That means interest rates on okay, your home loan is fixed. Yeah, is set. But if you want to buy a new home, that means higher interest rates. If you're a business and you want to borrow money, a lot of businesses borrow money to finance 
business expansion or whatever they want to do, yeah. that means they're charged higher interest rates. So this affects everything in the the um, the economy. So now with the high inflation going on right now, even Larry Summers, who was the Treasury Secretary under Bill Clinton and a senior economic advisor for Joe, ba- I mean Barack Obama, and then Jason Furman, who was also a, an economic advisor for um, Barack Obama, has said this: all this stimulus, all this government spending, is fueling inflation. Mm-hmm. So at some point, it's gonna ha- it has an impact on the economy. So if businesses can't borrow to grow their business. That means they're not going to hire employees. That means consumers are paying much higher for something they did maybe a year or two years ago. Where's my say in this? Where's the say? They say we're borrowing all this money, and they tell me I have to pay it back through my taxes. Where's my say in saying, well, I don't want the money to go to that. They're they're the ones dictating the money. I understand that, you know— the, your representative is the person that you voted for, but people really don't understand that. All they, all we're doing is we're getting a bill, and they kind of, they kind of be like, "Hey, here's a thousand dollars, you know, spend well, it on how, whatever you like." You kind of answered your own question. The way we can have our voice is when we go to the the ballot box. Now, beyond just a partisan bickering or this guy or that gal or whatever, is America's needs to understand. When is elected, like, okay, when, when President Biden says this isn't going to cost anything. Mm-hmm. He's lying. That should send a red flag. When is a government program not cost anything? And politicians are notoriously a used car salesman. They'll tell you everything is great and great, or they'll give the benefits to certain groups because somebody else is paying. Mm-hmm. And the argument is the wealthy aren't paying their fair share with that as the opposite effect. That is not true. Okay. The Bureau of Labor Statistics, the Bureau of Economic Analysis, and even the Congressional Budget Office, even in September, said more revenue was flowing than any time in decades. But government spending hasn't come down. Now, Democrats will blame. What do we do about that? Well, it's holding our elected officials accountable. But we don't do that. And we don't do that. And then the other part is the media... It typically is your watchdog against government. And they're, and they're but, not doing anything. <laughs> but here's an example. Uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who was a famous Russian dissident. This is during the Cold War. He fought with the Russians against the Germans in World War II, mm-hmm. spoke out against the Soviet system, and he was thrown in the gulag, and he was finally exiled to the West. Well, yep. in 1978, he spoke at Harvard University commencement address. And at the very bottom of the um, his speech, he really lambasted the media. This is 1978. And what he said was, and I'll paraphrase, it goes, who holds you accountable when you fail to articulate something or you, you misrepresent or you, or you knowingly misinterpret something to push your own ideology? And that was in 78. Where are we at now? Well, according to the media, they're they're saying we need to pro- the media needs to protect Joe Biden, which I'm I'm a little baffled by. Also, when they earlier earlier like two weeks ago, when you're like, the media is it is hard, if not worse, than they were on Donald Trump. Well, but here's another example: Joe Biden invited all the mainstream media to the White House to kind of say how to help him sell his agenda. Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, 
weeks ago said that the media needs to do a better job selling their selling the agenda. That's not the media's job. The media's job is to report what is going on and challenge our elected officials, and they're just not doing that. And that's why the American people are confused. They need to understand how this works. And I think the American people really don't understand how our system works. And they're, the, the, the politicians are using the media directly as a tool to for influence and stuff like that. They're coming like straight out with it. And why aren't people still catching on to that fact that – they got to by now. The the, the, the what's it called the uh, the fix is in. It's got to be. I mean, it's it's, well, it's clear as day. Like you and I see it. Why do other people do they not just pay attention, or why is it that they are just like, oh, okay, I'll just look past that. You know. Well, but I think it's because they're they're looking at it through a partisan prism. They're looking at it through a partisan ideology. I remember I got into it with my cousin's husband when it came to the Russian dossier. And he said, oh, that's just Republican talking points. I was proved correct. Yeah. There was a Russian dossier. It was fabricated. It was no evidentiary support to back it up. The FBI knew it, but they still moved forward with it. The intelligence community knew it, and they still moved forward with it. But the media is not challenging our elected officials. You notice how... Certain groups are investigated while other groups aren't, or they twist things around to fit their their narrative, or they'll leave certain information out. Yeah, but it's just kind of like, it seems like it's very obvious now, and yet nothing. Well, but then you've got the tech companies. They were heavily involved in suppressing stories. Well, even like Mark Zuckerberg is trying to... In emails, he was talking to Anthony Fauci about skewing the numbers to make it look beneficial for them to get vaccines. That's what Mark Zuckerberg emailed Dr. Anthony Fauci in regards to the COVID vaccine. Yeah, so you've got that. Okay, let's take a look at the the statements that President Biden made during the campaign. He Like when it comes to COVID, he said he would force a team into China to get to the the root cause of the COVID-19. He hasn't, every time he's talked to President Xi of China, he's never mentioned it one time. When he spoke at the UN with all the world leaders there, he never brought up the word China one time or admonished China for the killing of millions of people across the planet. So do we expect, and that's why a, Americans are confused of what's going on because they don't know who to trust. And I remember a few years ago, Ted Koppel kind of was mentioning that he doesn't like bloggers or like what we're doing because we're the ones that are doing it day to day. We know what more about the issues than the American people do because we study it all the time. The one thing that I would tell Ted Koppel is, why don't you hold your other journalist accountable for their gross violation of the ethics in journalism. Look at Chris Cuomo. He was interviewing his brother, giving glowing reports until a scandal broke. Then he lied about it, and he was directly calling other news outlets to find out what they knew about the accusers who were accusing his brother. Mm Mm-hmm. 
That clearly, and then Brian Stoutler. Well, that's like New York stuff for you. That's like uh, kind of like inside yeah, but, uh, Good Old Boy Network. But see, then you had Brian Stoutler of CNN said, well, he violated journalistic ethics. Well, I would tell Brian Stetler, your organization violated journalistic ethics, but being very partisan. But there's no repercussion. There is. Well, the only repercussions is, and there's a gentleman I know, a guy named Scott McDonald, who I had on this program many uh, a year or two ago. And what he said is the advertisers are starting to change. They're not they, – they're, they want – like if you go to CNN or MSN – why am I spending all this money mm-hmm. and your ratings are plummeting? So that means – And they get played very handsome. You know, they get paid a lot. So in the coming months into next year, you're going to see a realtering of a lot of these contracts. And a lot of these network anchors who get paid very well may not be around because these organizations can't afford to keep them. Yeah. So I did hear – that there is a job opening on Fox News. Are you aware of that? No, I did not. Well, oh, you, Chris Wallace. Yeah, you better put your. You need to put your resume in there, buddy. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> I mean, just because like there's that there's that opening there, but he's going to CNN Plus, which seems like a lot of BS to me. Well, I mean, but, would you pay? Okay, it's. I get CNN through whatever cable network I have. I don't purposely have a cable network or like streaming service to get CNN. So what makes you think I'm going to, I don't know, pay for CNN or something called CNN plus. It just seems like they can, it's something that could, they could stack more lies or more misinformation. Well, but here's lies, an example. More information I, re- about. I read an article on CNN regarding the um, resignation of Chris Wallace and Chris Wallace in a statement said, He's been at Fox News for 17 or 18 years, and see, uh, Fox News never, not one time, t- told him to skew something a certain way or who he would bring on as guests. He had free reign to do what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Okay, so CNN writes that the first paragraph, they ripped on Fox News as being a right-wing conspiracy theory news outlet. And I'm like conspiracy you're the ones that covered russian collusion you're the one that carried the jesse smollett the nick sandman the the bribe not the bribe the bounties on american marines by the taliban you covered every salacious or the current house the 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 the, uh, brett kavanaugh story where there was no evidence to back up the claims Mm -hmm. you covered every conspiracy theory but yet you blame fox news so test are you affected by inflation when it comes to christmas are you kind of are you just like chilling out well i'm more chilling out but the reason i'm affected by this i'm staying with a friend right now yeah and rents are very expensive in tampa i go to the grocery store Food prices that I normally would pay are much higher. I do. I like to work out, so I get protein powder. I noticed that jumped. Yeah. Fuel prices have gone up, so r- rental prices on apartments and homes have gone up. So yeah, I am. A, I may not be married, but yeah, I am affected. I would ask you the same question: Have you seen? Or changed your buying habits because of inflation. Now, you already told me a few weeks ago that, remember I asked you, you used to eat out a lot. Yeah. 
have you changed your eating habits by eating out a lot? I think, okay, so yes, we have, but not for that reason yet. Okay. But we did notice, like, if we, if we go out somewhere, the quality of food seems to have getting maybe less, but maybe the prices have kind of stayed similar. Maybe have gone up just a little bit. But when it comes to quality of food, it's kind of like... Eh, you know, and that's what restaurants, especially big chain restaurants, try to do is that they try to, you know, their profit margins aren't that great. So they're just trying to make it up somewhere and they have to overcompensate the the wait staff and or even like the the restaurant staff in general. They have to compensate them a little bit more in order to get them to work. So if they want the customers still coming in, you know, they're going to have to work and quality somewhere it's been it's it's to the point now where i can cook a better steak than some of these steakhouses that we go to i can cook a better piece of chicken you know so there's almost no point in going out but also another thing is that okay we are spending a little bit more money if we go out consecutively so let's kind of hold on to that money nothing for the i guess for nothing more than a purpose of just kind of building up a savings, you know, like Christmas, you know, is probably already bought and paid for right now. Guess how much zero, guess how many, how much credit card debt am I going to go to this year from buying stuff for my kids and my, for my wife? Zero. Well, that's good. But you still, know, I work at a restaurant just to supplement so I can get this thing off the ground. But I talk to the general manager all the time of the restaurant and I talk to the other managers and We've got supply chain disruptions. We're always short something. Paper towels has been a really tough one for the last couple of weeks. We get limited supply. And we use a lot of paper towels. I'll give you a roll on your way out, buddy. No, but I mean, we're good. But I mean, at the restaurant, we get it's it's hard to get a lot of product. Mm -hmm. Food products come in. And then we, we sometimes we have problem with the produce, the suppliers. So and we complain to the, the supply, the food company or whatever our, our suppliers are and they said well i i hear you but i'd rather have a bad worker than no worker at all yeah and then he pays a much higher but fuel. it's been statistically proven that having a bad worker costs you more money than actually well having- it does but in this era where we have labor shortages there's 11 million unfilled jobs that you rather have someone who's a bad worker than not a worker at all. Okay, but what is what is at what? Okay, why is there the labor shortage? Is it because these uh, restaurants or these businesses want you to have a vaccine, or is it because they're just not available? Because we're still kind of like I think we're want to hope we're on the tail end of the pandemic, mm-hmm. but it you know it, it's I guess it's not well, o- it's not over till. You know, Papa Joe says, hey, the pandemic's officially over, kind of BS. Well, but it, it it all depends who you look at. A lot of people just don't want to work. We've had people that they come in, they work a little bit, and then they go. And then but, you have generous, generous federal uh, benefits, even though they just ended a month or two ago the federal unemployment ta- um, insurance. So you get extra money for be- from the, the federal government. But there's all the other little goodies the federal government has you. Now, if you go back to Build Back Better, they want to add more entitlements, but not based off work. Yeah. When Bill Clinton and the Republicans worked on welfare reform, 
they said you can you can be on welfare for five years, but after the fifth year, you're off. Mm-hmm. If we can't solve your problem in five years, we're never going to solve it. Well, it's also kind of like that. You got to learn how to fly thing. Yeah, I mean, but so there's a combination of things, but a lot of businesses are there's shortages everywhere. Is it? But it's from you're saying shortages. I'm saying. Oh, we're hiring. We're looking for people to work for us, kind of thing like that. No, so. it goes, but then people are changing jobs to better jobs. But so there's a lot of, and then you're coming out of this where the service sector industry still really hasn't came come back. Mm-hmm. Now the the chain restaurants, yeah, they can absorb it. But what about those who are in sit down restaurants? So then you go up into certain states where they mandate that you must have. Like in Los Angeles, they're mandated everybody vaccinate, and they're going to enforce that vaccination rule. You can't go into anything unless you've been vaccinated. Yeah. So. So you're just chilling out for, for Christmas, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to chill like a big. Because you're, you're probably pulling about what sixty hours a week. Sixty hours this week, it'll be about sixty next week. You know, I everybody that pulls in sixty hours a week, I tell them, you know, why you're pulling in sixty hours a week because they can't work you a, a second over sixty hours. So they're whatever ma- the reason they're maxing you out. I'm just working my butt off. Yeah, well, the same thing. I, I, I've taken uh, some overtime, actually. <coughs> I've taken some overtime, actually, in the morning. I'm still getting off at, like, a, a decent time to go, you know, get the kids and stuff like that. But, you know, I think I don't see any, too much stress this year when it comes to the Christmas shopping and stuff like that. I mean, Amazon's really made it. Kind of no, like Amazon, but see, the thing, Amazon's made it easier, but I feel for small businesses. Like I was on my radio show that I do out here on WXJB, and we were talking about, he goes, Amazon, Walmart, Target are going to get their own planes and ships to do that. That's great. But what about the small little retail shops? They can't afford to do that. Did you see how Elizabeth Warren kind of went on the attack with her, on Elon Musk? Yeah. about, And he's going to probably be the... Time person of the year. Well, he is, but he's also going to be, he's probably going to break the world record for paying the most, for, for the single, one single person paying the most taxes. I think it's going to be $12 billion. Well, the problem with Elizabeth Warren, she's never had a job outside of academics or government. Mm-hmm. So she really, I mean, she talks about, well, the wealthy aren't paying their fair share. Well, that's, that's bogus. The Bureau of Labor Statistics and all these other organizations said that the wealthy pay most of the taxes. They That's just fact. Yeah. I mean, it's a great talking point for somebody who doesn't make what Elon Musk makes. But look what Elon Musk does. He's created jobs. He's created different things. And tell me what job has Elizabeth Warren created? How are you a millionaire as a, as a U.S. senator? Yeah. So I did kind of want to end it up because we're kind of we're almost until like a well we're getting close to Biden finishing out his full year. He made a lot of campaign promises. How many of those promises has he kind of has he fulfilled? It all depends who he's campaign promises to. If you talk to the progressives, he's kept them all except for trying to get some of the things done. But if you the real campaign promises, really hasn't kept anything. Has he? Like the COVID, COVID-19. Mm-hmm. He said he would, number one, I will er- eradicate COVID. There's been more COVID deaths this year yeah. than there was last year. But he said, what is that? What, okay, what is that because, though? I mean, because. Well, there's a combination. of There's a lot of things that go into that, and it's hard to speculate 
why that is. But if you go by this rec- rhetoric, he said he would, number one, I will defeat COVID-19. It's gotten worse. And that could be because we're not sell- we're not letting it de- our immune systems build up a tolerance. There could be a lot of things. Well, they said this Omicron thing is kind of like the tail end of the pandemic because it's, 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 if it's, it's easily spread. It's a mild symptom, so everybody can get this. They can build up their, they can have the antibodies to build up their immunity, and guess what? No more COVID. Well, then the other thing is the economy. He said he would create all these green jobs. There haven't been these green jobs created. But the pandemic, John. So there's a lot of things, and then you look at inflation has gone up, um, gas prices have gone up. Supply chain disruptions. So I saw something funny that they said, oh, the positive side about inflation is that everybody's getting a pay increase. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, are you are you figuring it out yet? The only reason why you're getting a pay increase, but yet that's just going to be eaten up by but inflation. Yes, and it, actually you're making less money because inflation's killing that pay increase. Yeah. So there's a lot of – and then if you look at foreign affairs, he – the disaster Afghan uh, pullout. He's been soft on China, soft on Russia, soft on Iran. Our allies are scared that America is too weak. Our adversaries are, are licking this up because they see a weak in Joe Biden. So we'll have to see how this plays out in 2022. All right, John. So why don't you go ahead and let them know how they can get a hold of us, how they can see us, how they can talk to us. You can follow us or talk to us. Go to UbaldiReports at gmail.com. That's UbaldiReports at gmail.com. You can look us up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you go to Facebook, go to Ubaldi Reports group. Definitely we're on TikTok. So we're getting close to 2,800 followers. We'd like to get to 10000 so we can start really making money at this, and then we can invest more money into getting a better quality podcast on this. So we'd love to hear from you, and we'll try to answer any questions you have. Okay, a little something coming up for everybody else. So we are kind of – okay, we're not doing live stream now, but we will be doing it kind of full blast beginning of the year. But we're also going to have – this actual podcast, which is on a live stream, which is going to come back. So you don't have to see John. You get to see me and John as we're making our as we're having a discussion live on TikTok. And we want people to kind of interact with us and ask questions. And it's going to be looking like a very, very good 2022. 2022? 2022. Oh, wow. 2022. And so... If anybody you know is interested, tell your friends, share, like, do all that kind of stuff in order to get us out there, and we will talk to you soon. Keep listening to Ubaldi Reports and let your friend and family know. Till next time, keep listening to Ubaldi Reports. Mm-hmm.